Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to episode 48 of Bruins Beat, brought to you by CLNS Radio. I'm Mike, joined alongside by Joe and Jason, as always. And obviously a tough one for the Bruins tonight up in Montreal. And I know what most people are going to be saying. Uh, why is McIntyre playing? Why isn't Tuka Rask playing? You pay him $7 million to play. And Joe, I know you were, get, I know you were getting some grief about this, Joe. So uh-huh. I, figured, I, I figured we'd start the show with, uh, with the Tuka Rask thing. And... The thing that does bother me is no matter how good Rask plays, it's never good enough. Nope. Do, pe- do people not realize that Tuka Rask's record right now is 7-1? and one? No and one yes. cares. No, yeah, no, it doesn't matter. Oh, he had a bad game against the Rangers. But do people want to understand that the Rangers have been by far, besides Montreal, probably the best team in the NHL? Mike, Mike. Mean, like, you forget he, he had a bad, uh, let's see, he had a bad uh, 2013 Stanley Cup. He blew the Philadelphia series in 2010. He, on and on and on, just, they just pile on the garbage, these haters. It's just it's just amazing. It's amazing. It is, it is amazing because you, the Bruins fans not witnessed the few games that Tugarask was out and Hudobin went down when Subban was in there and McIntyre, even though McIntyre I thought played decently well tonight uh, besides that last goal. Oh, you did too, yeah. Um, but you, you look at it, right, and you just say the – Bruins fans saw what it was like with Tuka Rask, and it's funny, Joe, Joe and Jason, because uh, everyone was crickets when that was going on. Oh, yep, yeah. You don't hear anything when uh, when they're winning. Uh, when Tuka's in that, you don't hear anything. Um, nothing. Oh no! La- like last night, Joe, when they had a four nothing shutout against Buffalo, when I thought Rask played well, even though the Bruins kind of controlled play, Rask had to still stand in there and make a few big saves, and he did just that. And he's like I said, he's seven and one. The uh, he had one bad game against the Rangers, which I said to you, Joe. I was like, Joe, this is going to happen. He's going to have a bad game. It happens over a course of an 82-game season. A goaltender's going to have a bad game. Uh, did people not understand that Carey Price in his last start gave up four goals against the Flyers? But I don't. you don't see anyone calling for his head, right? Oh, and- no, of course not. And, you know, you, tonight's game, as soon as I found out that he played, you know, he's playing against Buffalo and not tonight, I just knew it was coming. It was coming to people like, you know, he's spineless, he's gutless, he doesn't play against the Habs. The last time I checked, it's not his call, it's Claude's call. He's the one who decides who plays. Now, if Claude was somewhat smart, he would have had McIntyre play against a crappier Buffalo team to try to build up the kid's confidence a little bit because he got, you know, kind of schlacked at the end in New York. And then, you know, rather than throwing him to the Wolves in Montreal, which they never play well, why wouldn't you play, have Tuca play there, show, show his medal, have, you know, maybe shove some haters... So I blame most of this and all of this actually on Claude because he's the one who's making, who's calling the shots and pulling the uh, strings. Yeah, I totally, I totally agree with you that Claude Julian does call the shots. And don't get me wrong, I mean I'm a little disappointed myself that Rask didn't play tonight in Montreal. And I know Rask's history in Montreal is not good. You know, and he only has five wins out of 23 starts career against Montreal. That's at Boston and in Montreal. Like, I, I totally get that, and I understand what you're saying too. Claude Julian played two Rask last night. He could have played McIntyre, and I understand people are going to say he should demand to play. <laughs> Rask actually said last night, "It's a good rivalry. I want to play, but it's up it's up to the coach." What, what is he going to do? Fight Claude Julian in the, <laughs> in the locker room? 
He can't do that. It's his coach. The coach decided that this is what's going to happen, and that's what it happened. That's what happened. And if I might jump I just, in real quickly when you finish, Mike. No, go ahead. It's just it's just frustrating that fans just get all over Rask. And don't get me wrong, I I was I I'll if Rask plays bad, I'll slam Rask. And if Rask plays well, but Rask has been playing his best hockey as of late this season. For the Bruins, like I keep saying, he's 7-1, and Bruins fans should know what it's been like when he's not in the net. Fans got a glimpse of it, and that should not be how you want your team to look. You know what? I, being the biggest Tuka Rask critic, have to say that, you know, I have been very impressed with the way Tuka has played, and hearing your response about Tuka's response to not playing tonight, you know what? That's called being a team player, and... I can't really be overly critical of Rask right now if he has a bad game because he, he's really stood on his head. He's really, uh, he's really fought hard, and so in a way, this is me saying I'm gonna back off a little bit. I'm gonna back off from my stance because you know what? I, I might not feel like he's worth the seven million, but right now the Bruins wouldn't be where they are without him at the moment. They wouldn't even okay. be any closer to to having a chance to make in the playoffs. And okay. you know, it's just from watching the game tonight and watching the last couple of weeks. I'm impressed, and I don't know if the Bruins are going to make the playoffs or not, but this team feels like it's a different team compared to the past. Jason, you made a good point about the $7 million. Do you know how many people mentioned that money? That was the market value for elite goaltenders, what, three, four years ago, and he was an elite goaltender. It's his fault he got paid with the market dictated? But there's nothing no, he's he not his, done it's about not his job. fault. And you know what? If I was in his position, I'd probably take the money too. So me being the person who's bringing up the point saying, I may not agree with the contract, you're right. That was the market value at the time. Is Tuka Rask or any goaltender worth more than $7 million? Or there's maybe one or two in the NHL. So I'm not going to really go be overly critical about just a contract, you know. I'm just hoping but, that he has a good bounce back and sticks with the way he's been playing with the fire he's been playing with because the Bruins are going to need it this season. Well, people seem to forget that Tugarask signed his contract the year after they lost to Chicago in the Stanley Cup Finals. And I think that was when Tugarask, besides this season, was at his best, was when he was in those playoffs. He shut down Pittsburgh. For a little bit, he was shutting down Chicago. They walloped the Rangers. In the, in, uh, and the Rangers have Rangers are always been a consistently good team for the past, you know, seven to eight years or so. And that's what that's what the Mike Joe said. That was the market was. It's not his fault that the that GM came to him and said, Hey, we want to sign you for eight years and seven million dollars per. What's Rask gonna say? Nah. I'll, I'll, give, give me give me four million instead and we'll call it a day. No, someone's putting seven million dollars in your face. They just came off a Stanley Cup playoffs where they had a battle with Chicago. He's gonna sign the mo- contract as Jason just said. It's not his fault, he's gonna sign the money. I wouldn't sign the money. Just because I don't agree with it. There's other reasons in my argument why I think that, you know, back at the end of last season, Bruins should have gotten rid of him. But if, he, if Rascal's going to play the way he's played the first few games, and that's going to continue with the great effort. Yes, every goaltender is going to have a bad game every here and there. But if Rask can stay consistent and get back to the level he was in 2013, I'm not going to fight it. I will back off. Uh, I, I got to do a little revisionist history here. I asked this question to you both. And to, if, if Tim Thomas did not have the year he had in 2011 in the Bruin, and led the Bruins basically on his back to the Stanley Cup, say that didn't happen. Just, you know, I know you can't really say that didn't happen, but it took a Rask. Now, Tim Thomas, you know, you know he's older. He, he played out his time. The Rask comes in. You would not have the venom for Tuka Rask that you do have now because they figured that – you know, because Tim Thomas did what he did, that Tuka Rask could do that every single year. Tim Thomas did it like a once-in-a-lifetime year. And as we all talked about this numerous times, if you looked at his other seasons in Boston, they were okay. You know what I mean? They couldn't get out of the second round before that season. Couldn't do it, and he was in net, except the Philly series, which we're not going to talk about that because that's all Tuka's fault, as we know. Um, Carolina, we went through all that. Carolina, um, Capitals the following year. Uh, after they won the cup, all that stuff. I mean, you know, Mr. You know, Mr. Wonderful, Tim Thomas, Mr. The Magician, the man who saved Boston hockey, uh, Bruins hockey. Um, yeah, he was average after that year again. He's back to normal. Joe, I totally hear what you're saying there because it's totally unrealistic to expect a goalie to put the team on their back pretty much what Tim Thomas did. And like you said, it was a once-in-a-lifetime like situation where Tim Thomas was just in the zone that playoffs 
And people seem to forget that the Bruins' defense was pretty damn good that year also. And it's just frustrating because you can't compare him to Tim Thomas. And I know people are going to say, oh, well, Tim Thomas competes and he, he, he works his ass off out there and he's always shows up. Did people not understand that Rask has been doing that all season so far? And, look, you can go to the past and say, oh, we bailed out last year. He bailed out, and like you said, the Philly series, blah, 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 blah. I don't care. Let's talk about this season. Look what Rask has done this season. He's 7-1. He's put the team on his back. And without Rask, like Jason said earlier, this team would not be in the position where they are. You saw what their record is without Tuka Rask starting. The Bruins have nine. The Bruins have what? Uh, eight. They have seven wins, don't they? Seven, seven wins. Seven and six now, are they? Seven and six. And Tuka Rask has won every single game. Every ah. time someone else besides Tuka Rask played goalie, they have lost. So put that into your pipe and smoke it. Haters. But, I have let, your let back on this, this one, Because you know what? Yes, the Bru- every Bruins is not Bruin has lost, but let me be straight. McIntyre has been a player who's had my eye for the last few months, at the very least. He was impressive tonight for throwing him against in, in against Montreal. You know, very impressive for the state that he's in. And he's definitely the backup or the future for the Bruins, if we're going to look at it that way. Yeah, I think we can definitely look at it that way. I think McIntyre played well tonight, aside from that last goal. Uh, they showed the replay there. He tried to stick it to the corner and just got caught up on him and went right out front. But besides that, like, he, you know, he, was I mean, really... he made a ton of key saves this game. So, I, you know, I guess that last goal was on him, but I'm not going to place the entire game on him. No, I'm not going to place the entire game on him because the, I thought the Bruins played pretty well tonight coming on for back-to-back and playing in Montreal. And I liked the way McIntyre was playing. I was saying, you know, to a few people, uh, a few of my buddies earlier, they are like, what do you think of McIntyre's performance? And I said, you know, he looks pretty sound. He looks pretty composed, uh, composed, I should say. And I think he's way further along than Subban is. And oh, as we as we saw, years. as we saw that. And I think you are onto something there, Jason. I think Zane McIntyre could be looked at as a potential backup goalie for Tuka Rask and maybe even, you know, down the road, take over for Tuca when Tuca's contract's up. Yeah, you know, I, I think he's been playing really well, too. I thought even the game he, uh, you know, against the Rangers, he lost 5-2. I think he played pretty well. The first period, he kept a minute. Um, I think he, I kind of like him more than Hadobin, to be honest with you right now. Um, I could cut loose. To, I'd send Hadobin down to Providence, to be honest with you. I think this McIntyre could just stay up for sure. Um like I said, I don't think it's even the goaltending right now. I think it's the uh, the defense is just atrocious. Tro- they yeah, that's definitely it's definitely. I mean, we can we'll sound like broken records on the show every week because the defense just <laughs> it just can't it can't figure it out. It can't get out of its own way. The, yeah, um, the second goal the defense when, isn't that good, but you know what? Where was the Bruins defense? And this is again where I'm probably going to be the first to say I'm probably going to end up wrong on this, but. How much worse will the Bruins defense be without the way the Char has been playing lately? So I'm going to be careful about how edgy I am with this defense because I think that the defense is better than what they could have been. Well, I mean, well, it's – go ahead, Joe. Uh, I'm sorry. Um, like, for instance, when the Bruins tied the tied the game and then within, what, 20 seconds they let up a goal, how many brain thoughts does this team have? They, I don't know how many times I can I – can, I probably can count this over the last year and a half or two years. How many times they would score and then just cough it up? That goal came right to my mind, Joe. The Bruins tied up 1-1, right? 1-1. Right after Montreal scores, the Bruins come down and score 50 seconds later. Granted, they got a lucky, crazy bounce that usually does not go in on Carey Price. Whatever. It's 1-1. And then Adam McQuaid pinches on the blue line, and there was no reason for him to pinch there. There's no reason. You just tied the game up. There's no one behind you except one defenseman that's obviously going to cause a two-on-one, which is what clearly happened, and which left Galchenyuk wide open back door. That's the, that's what Joe, that's what you're talking about. The brain farts that this Bruins defense has, and you can point to this every every game unless Tuukka pitches a shutout. That the defense just has a brain fart and hmm. puck, and all of a sudden the pucks in the back of the net. The Bruins just have too many lapses in the defensive zone that cause them to lose games. Because, like, like this game tonight and the Rangers game, they, they, obviously they lost both of them, but the Bruins outshot them. I thought they played pretty pretty damn well in both those contests against a team against teams that are better than them, but they just can't seem to figure it out in their own end. Yeah, I, 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 this, this is where I go, you know, someone actually cut and pasted my tweet saying when I said I think Cloud will be gone by November 8th. Evidently, uh, this directly ties to 
the people that everybody hates took a rest because if he didn't play the way he played, I think Claude's gone. But anyway, the brain farts, the discipline with the penalties, the, they can't play at home with their life. I mean, they did finally have a good game last night against Buffalo, but it is Buffalo without, you know, Eichel and their big guns, right? Um, this is all like being mentally tough. This is all stuff that coaching is supposed to, you know, that's part of the whole thing of coaching. Make your team mentally tough. Make them ready to play at home. Make them ready for big games. Make, and then everybody's going to be like, well, you know, Claude's trying to make uh, chicken salad out of chicken bleep. Well, evidently, um, he's not. The last two years, like two years ago, he had, what, Lucic? He had all the guys he had, you know, all the guys from the cup run, and they, they choked it away. You know, 2014, best team in the league, choked it away. You know, so he's been part of this. I, I don't know why he, always gets, he gets a free pass all the time. It's unbelievable. It's definitely unbelievable, and I said it last year too. I said it two years ago, he should have been gone after the Bruins choked away uh, the playoffs in 2015, and they choked away in 2016. And it's just, it's just funny that everyone was like, like you said, everyone would be like, well, well, maybe if Tukaras did this, or, no, I understand that Tukaras didn't play the last game of the season, but also Claude Julian should have his team ready to play and not be losing to Ottawa six to one. That oh, falls absolutely. on. That falls on somewhat of coaching, too. And he does get a free pass. It's always the players. It's always, you know, Tugarass sucks. The defense sucks. Jimmy Hayes sucks. This this player sucks. They only have one scoring line. Blah, 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 blah. When does that ever affect coaching? I'm sorry. I like Claude Julian as a coach. I do. And some people find that hard to believe because I'm always ripping him. He's a good coach. I don't think he's great. And sometimes you just need a change of scenery. And Jason and I talked about this last year in the podcast, Joe, before you came along. Um, all the teams that were, you know, made good playoff runs while firing their coach. You know, Pittsburgh's both cup cup championships they won in the past, you know, ten years or so, was yep. they fired their coach in the middle of the season. <laughs> yeah. And how about just how about who Pittsburgh played in the Cup Finals last year? San Jose. What did San Jose do the year before? They had Todd McClellan behind the bench, right? They had him for a while. They fired yep. him. They get a new coach, Peter Dubois, and what do you know? They're in the Stanley Cup Finals after being a notorious choking team. And granted, the Sharks didn't win the Cup and get it done, but sometimes the players just need a kick in the ass and you change the coach because that's the only thing you can do. You can't trade all 20 players, so the next best thing to do is get rid of the coach and spark spark the team. Let a fire under their ass. I don't have much fun with you, Mike, on here because you and I agree on everything. <laughs> yeah, this is getting boring. I should just disagree know, on something. This is getting boring. Yeah, I... It's like I'm talking to myself. Um, but it, it, it's so it's so true. It's you know I don't know why he gets a free pass. The dude get I call him like sacred you know sacred cow sacred clock. I mean that's what he is. Um, but their defense, like for instance, some of these questionable moves. And Jason, we'll let you go. I'm sorry, we've kind of taken the floor. Um, is like. Jimmy Hayes, he benched him twice. Okay. He finally realized that the third line came to life. They're no longer the flat line. They actually have a pulse because they got rid of that human totem pole, the anchor, the guy that, you know, basically the cement shoes that made them drown every game. So I guess Achari was hurt, so they brought in Hayes in the fourth line. And yet again, I saw him one play. This kind of just typifies who he is. I saw one play when the Canadians play was going in the corner, and he could have came and just, like, laid a thunderous hit. And he got the team jolted and gets up. Do you think he did a damn thing? Nope. He just skated off. He just veered off. He could have leveled this dude. And you know what? If Jimmy Hayes got a penalty for boarding or got, like, uh, you know, any kind of, like, a penalty for, for aggression of any kind, I'd be okay with it because it showed me something. He brings zero to the table. Adam McQuaid is terrible. Um, I Like, I, I think I tweeted out, when's the last time he's been good? Like, 2011. That ever since the last five years, he can't stay on the ice. And when he's on the ice, he's a complete and utter – uh, you know, detriment for you know for the team defensively. He's terrible, and Krug is a, is an absolute train wreck too. Still, so I don't know, Jason. What do they do? <laughs> I am- well, for one, I'm gonna go back to the Claude Julian point because I've been out of this conversation for about five minutes now. It's all Sorry. good, guys. I'm enjoying this. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, you know, I think that you're right. You make, you brought up a good point of Claude Julian benching some players and putting some of the young guys over them. And I think that's where the, this Bruins team, which, like I said, we have to have modest expectations for this team. So what we're seeing, we're going to have those losses that we know we get irritated. But we are all looking for one big trait, and that's effort. And I see what I saw back in 2008, 2009 in this young team. Now, this team might not go far this year, but this team looks like a team 
that over the next few years can build and maybe eventually get back to the Stanley Cup and win one. It just for me, from what I'm seeing on the ice, you know, yes, they lost to Kennedy and tonight, but you know what? They didn't get blown out. They fought hard still. They didn't quit. David Pasternak looked really good. He's been really good a lot lately, and you can see the development in these young players, and that's because, you know, Julian's letting them play. Now, with me saying that, my heart of hearts tells me that Claude Julian will not be the coach the next time the Bruins win the Cup. It's, you know, okay. yes, he's making the changes, and I think that the real major change the Bruins as an organization are going to need is a change of a coach. Uh, J- uh, Jason, I like your point there on the, um, the effort level. And the Bruins have been given pretty good effort this season, even in losses. Besides that, you know, two-game stretch against Minnesota and the uh, New York Rangers back-to-back nights where Tukaras didn't play. They had Subban play one night and McIntyre play the other night. But I'm not questioning their effort. It's just this team, their defense is not good enough to compete with the top teams in the NHL. And we saw that when the Rangers beat the Bruins twice. But Montreal's what I'm saying beating is Bruins, like we expected that. The Bru- I mean, I don't know we expect that, but that doesn't mean that we can't complain about it because this is what no, the team we, is. we can absolutely complain about it because this was something that Don Sweeney was supposed to fix, which is why what I'm saying is for the product that we've been given, which we have to deal with. We just have to, as fans, we just have to suck it up and deal with the product. But I like the effort level I'm seeing out of it. I like Brandon Carlo. Brandon Carlo is going to be a mainstay in this lineup the way he's been playing. Let's talk about that block shot he had the other game to save the Bruins game when the Bruins went into the shootout against Tampa back earlier in the week. And how about, you know, Tuka Rask standing on his head in that shootout? There are a lot of things that open your eyes in the intensity level of this Bruins team. And I can, you know what, the defense is going to be awful. The defense is going to suck. It's just to be what's expected. But for the product that we're getting, I think that I am, as a fan, I'm impressed. And that says something. Now, I do I do agree the Bruins need major organizational changes up top and um, in the coaching area. But, you know, for the product that I've seen so far, I'm seeing a lot of effort, and I'm thinking that this team will not quit towards the end of the season. I think that this team will have an opportunity to fight. And if they're in a playoff spot, they might not choke it away. Oh, can I jump in quick, Mike, on this? Yeah, of course. Uh, yeah, Jason, I, I love your enthusiasm. I love it. You know, I love that you have all, you know, I guess all this hope for them. Um, maybe I'm just holding on to the past too much. Maybe I'm just holding on to how good they were. And I just can't get over it that they're not anymore. That they could have been a Chicago Blackhawks and just completely crapped it away because of Shirelli and Sweeney to a small degree and Cam Neely um, and Claude and all this stuff. But it's just... Um, I just want them to, I guess, be good again because they, prior to 2011, they just were mediocre or sucked for so long. <laughs> and <laughs> so yeah, that, that's, I, totally, I totally agree with you, Joe. That was the thing. In 2014, they went to their second cup in three years. They were supposed to be the team that was supposed to be good and competitive for the next five or seven years or however long it takes till the, till the, old, the veteran guys, the core guys get old. And now it's not happening. And, People get frustrated with this team, Jason, because of the trades they've made, as Joe just alluded to. And that's why people complain about the defense and say the defense sucks, the defense is crap, they can't do anything. And because that's the whole point, because they were so good just a few years ago. And to see this drop-off of a team that was in the Stanley Cup Finals just three years ago, uh, just not, yeah, four years ago now, three or four years ago, and just have this team now is just upsetting for, for Bruins fans and for people covering the team. And I'm going to respond to that as what I'm saying is I'm not really talking about 2014 to 2016. I'm more talking about a comparison to what I saw in 2008, 2009 to the team that I saw today. Because in 2008, 2009, we didn't expect them to go far in the playoffs. We expected mediocrity with the chance that they could go far. And we got that for a couple of years consistently with that Carolina series that they should have won, but they lost. Uh-huh. With the Philadelphia series that they choked away. We got mediocrity, and then the team came out and surprised us with that Tim Thomas season in which the Bruins won the Cup. So what I'm saying is I'm pissed off as a fan at what the organization has done to the team with the horrible, horrible piss-poor trades. I do not (laughs) think Don Sweeney should be GM, for especially for not making the moves that need to be made. But what's given me that ounce of hope isn't anything more 
than a small tangible that I call effort. And that's really where my point is getting across that I'm seeing effort and this is the difference. I don't think this team's gonna go far in the playoffs if they make the playoffs. But I don't see them getting sure. past the first round. But what I saw compared to years in the past before 2008, 2009 when the Bruins weren't making the playoffs, when I first started watching hockey again after that, after the lockout, I saw effort. I saw hope in that effort and the fact that the team fought for each other. And that's kind of what's given me the hope going towards this season and going towards the future. I'm not expecting much today. I'm pissed off about what the Bruins organization has done. I agree with you guys completely on that one, but for me, there's still a form of hope because of the fact that Sweeney was able to put in effort players. I understand you have hope for this year and they're competing this year, but like you said, no one's expecting them to win this year, and that's where the frustration comes from Joe and I. That's where the frustration comes because we're not complaining about the team's effort. We know they are what they are. We're complaining about everything that's led up to the the team and the product we're seeing today. And I, I don't get me wrong, I love what the young players are doing, and I like love that Tukaras is playing well, and I love that they re-signed uh, Marshan and they signed Backus. I like all of that, but it's just frustrating to see how far, how much worse they are than they were a few years ago. But speaking of the um, the younger players, Jason, Mike, that let you me pull off your about, point because I have something I want to add to it before you go on another topic. You know. And I agree with you guys to the fact that we're pissed off, but, you know, we can only really blame Peter Shirelli. Don Sweeney, as much as I don't agree with all of his moves, he hasn't given a fair, been given so far a fair amount of chance or time. And this year, really, right now, is the year for Don Sweeney to prove himself as a GM. And so I'm holding on to that little ounce of hope. That's it. It's just a small ounce of hope, and maybe Don Sweeney's drafting is maybe helping this team towards the future. Yeah, but uh, Jason, to build up your point about the younger players, the one young player I really want to talk about here is David Pashnek. And Jason, you mentioned him a little bit, and you know he's playing with Bergeron and Marsh, and everyone was like, maybe this is the year that Pashnek puts it all together. And boy, oh boy, is he! And he's on a four-game point streak right now. He has nine goals in however many games because I know he sat two games, so he played. They're seven and six, seven and six, so he's played eleven games. He has nine goals in eleven games, and. He is developing into a star, I, I think, in our eyes. Because Bruins are down 2-1. to one. David Pashnik's one-timer on the power play was an absolute laser. And Carey Price does not get beat like that too often. And Pashnik did it. And I think Pashnik, you know, he's, even though he's not a big guy, he's playing with a little bit more edge, too. He's playing a little bit more physical. He's getting, he's using his body. He's banging a little bit. You know, he got suspended for a, for a hit on McDonough that we talked about last week. I just see that David Pasnick is finally putting putting it together, and he's a restricted free agent at the end of this year. And if the Bruins let this kid go, boy, oh boy, will there be a lot of trouble. Every time. And let me say, and add to that, you know, from, I'm looking at the NHL stats leaderboard, and that ninth goal tonight so far puts uh, Pasternak leading the league in goals. So Alane had a hat trick tonight. The kid, the kid up in uh, what Winnipeg. Yeah, Patrick Lani had a hat trick tonight, so now he, he has the league leading goals. But Pashnik's right there. He's sick, huh? Yeah, he's a good player. But yeah, um, Pashnik um, is right there with the league leading goals. You know, he seemed, every time the Bruins seem to score, Pashnik seems to be involved in it. Besides, obviously, when they get a, a goal, a relative goal from like a random line, like the third line scored last night, and, you know, the fourth line, Dominic Moore and, and Schaller and Achari, even though Achari's banged up, did not play tonight. You know, they've been given they've been scoring chipping into the offense, but Pashnak's been all over the place and I I like it because I've been claiming for this kid to play for the past two years and oh, yeah. finally finally he's getting his chance and look what he's doing with it. He's absolutely taking off. And don't get me wrong, occasionally he's still gonna have a turnover. He did last night against Buffalo in the power play where Jonathan walked in and Tukaras made a great save on the penalty kill, but the kid's too good to be to not be playing. He gives this team the best offense and I was talking like I said, I was talking to a few buddies of mine earlier and they were like if if Pashnik what if Pashnik goes on a dry spell of scoring who else do the Bruins really have to score because that first line's been the only line scoring yeah, yeah well, what I like about Martian and hopefully that second line with Krejci and Spooner and them kind of begins to turn it around I know they had a good game not this Canadians game but the game before so we're, we can hope on that, but it's, it's going to take more well, I've been impressed with this Dominic Moore you know Riley Nash got on the board so you know, we need we need Pasternak, and we got to hope he's going to dry spell. we got to hope Brad Marchand continues the pace that he's playing as well. What, what I like about Pasternak is that, not, you know, of course, his offensive 
uh, skills, but I think he's playing so much better defensively, and he's not afraid to go in the corners like before. And I don't think he's afraid to make a mistake. I think Claude's finally believing in him in year three, which should have probably happened last year. Because um, you just think about it, they missed him with the players by a point or two, and if he could have got on the power play, could have been another few goals, but whatever. I'll give Claude um, the benefit of the doubt only because Pasternak was injured most of last year. And that probably really, truly affected Pasternak's development. If you look at Pasternak right now, if Pasternak hadn't gotten injured last year, he would have developed and Yeah, but he was still getting benched easily. last year, Jason. Yeah, he was the still end. getting benched. Yeah, so um, just to let but, you guys quickly know that uh, my uh, Facebook Live is going in and out, so we're not going to get much video. Just to let you know. That's all right, Joe. We'll we'll still uh, get the show and then we can promote it to them. Uh, yeah. Sorry that sorry for the people that are trying to watch on Facebook Live. But um, another young player that I want to talk about that I think has really not played up to my standards this year, and I'm very disappointed in this because I thought maybe he would have a breakout year with Pashnik. I, I you know I predicted Pashnik would have a breakout year, and that seems to be coming true. But what happened to Ryan Spooner? And oh. Um, I know that like Jason said they played good the other day, but Ryan Spooner just looks lost out there, and he's playing with two really good players in Krejci and Backus. And I mean, some, obviously sometimes Krejci comes and goes, and that's just who Krejci is, and Bruins fans know that. But Krejci and Backus usually show like, like you'll notice them during the game and be like, "Oh, there's Krejci. Oh, there's Backus." But Spooner, you don't notice him until the Bruins are on a power play, and that's a problem because Spooner was supposed to be one of the go-to guys this year, and. He's just not. He's just not performing. He got scratched earlier on this year. And Joe, I know you were uh, you were a little mad about that because you know he's a, he's a younger player, he's a skilled guy. But I mean, that doesn't seem to didn't even seem to wake him up because I, I just don't see Ryan Spooner having a breakout year this year. And I know it's early on in the season, but I think he's been a, a huge disappointment. He's unnoticeable. You don't notice him. He just until you know, the power he, play. Until the power play. Yeah, I mean, even that he's not. You know, he's 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 doing a little bit there. I kind of like completely lose focus on him, and he's like such an afterthought to me anyway. Because um, I don't think I think you know when he played with Lucci, it was a couple years ago. Him and Pasternak played with Lucci that they yes. kind of burned it up at the end, and they're doing pretty well. Yes. Uh, that's about the only blip on the radar that I saw him ever do well, like b- above average. You know what I mean? Well, he's not playing center, which is not is his natural position, so that doesn't help him either. Um, so, I don't think if we have you know Truba got signed, so we're not making any trade for him. But if uh, if I leave anyone protect, unprotected for the Vegas draft, they'd let Spooner go or trade him if they could. Jason, you have any thoughts on Spooner? Yes, I do. And I'm sitting here listening to this, and Joe, you made me actually think about the word trade. I do wonder, you know. We have a lot from this team. I wonder if there is something cooking up in the trade. Yes, we all had that news Jacob Trouba signed with Winnipeg. We all knew Jacob Trouba wasn't coming here, that Winnipeg was going to win that battle. I had a feeling about that one for a while. But Spooner still has some sort of value in the NHL, and I would find a way to trade Spooner if they could, because clearly Spooner is meant to be a center, not a winger. So maybe if there's an NHL team looking for a center, they can package Spooner with somebody else. And I know this is crazy. And this is, you're going to call me crazy for saying this, but if the Bruins aren't in playoff potential by the time the trade deadline hits and Chara's still playing well, throw Chara's name out there and see what happens. Uh, I don't know how much you're going to get for him. A lot of people I, I've been seeing in uh, Facebook Live just came back around crapping that Chara played that bad. I didn't think he played that. I think he's played above expectations this year. Uh, I think Carlos probably gave him, a, you know, the youth injection has helped him out dramatically. Um, I don't think he's been much of a problem. I'm not, the, the, you know, on defense, the, the, the McQuaids and the Krugs are a bigger issue than he is. No, the bottom four is more of an issue than Chara has this year. And if people oh, yeah. are, if people are going to complain about Chara, I think this is the best Chara has looked in three years. No, what, what I'm saying is, if the Bruins have no chance of making the playoffs, say the say the say the bottom falls out, you have a player like Chara who's playing well heading into the end of his career. Somebody's going to want to trade for him to get into the playoffs to try to make it to the Stanley Cup because of the leadership that he has. Uh, I I think – I'm just going to jump in quick, Mike. Um, I I think he's going to get kind of a David Ortiz deal. I don't – I know he's not performing like a David Ortiz, but he's going to – I think he's going to retire, Rowan. I really do. I don't think Yeah, I just don't think he has – like Joe said, I don't think he's going to get much for him. And, I mean, no one's really going to give up a first-round pick for a 39-going-on-40-year-old defenseman. And don't get me wrong, Jason, I'm sure teams would love to have him. 
But for what the Bruins are going to ask for, the Bruins can't just give him away. He's, I think he's been their best defenseman. I know Carlo's been playing really well with Chara as a pairing, but I just don't think you're going to get as much for Chara that you think you would, and that's that's the problem. They should, if they were going to do with, do that with Chara, they should have did it a couple of years ago when he was still a little bit younger. I, and like, I think Joe, I think Joe's onto something there. I think they're just going to let Chara play out his contract, retire Bruin, and thank him for all the years he had. And Joe, you said people on you said people were beginning to new crap about Chara and how he's been playing bad tonight. I thought Chara was been playing really good this year, and like I said, I think this is the best he's looked in about three years. I mean, his his decline was after you know during the thirteen uh, Cup final when he was. Uh, that's when you started really noticing it when he was starting you know starting to go down to the back nine. Um, but like I said, I think uh, this year I think Carlos helped him out dramatically. I think so too, and I think the World Cup actually helped Chara too. Um, the pro- and the problem is, the, I think well, not the problem. I should say, yeah, I should say the problem. The problem is the Bruins have to play him so much because their other defense sucks so much that Chara's out there a lot. So if Chara's out there for a goal, it's because they have to put him out there because there's no one else to put out there. I mean, yeah, <laughs> they got they don't have much. They have nothing. I mean, we've been talking <laughs> about this. They have nothing. And I said that I said that going into this year, I said the Bruins would have been better off, as we said, acquiring a number one, number two defenseman, and having Jared play on the second pair and play a you know a shutdown defensive role. And people don't seem to realize that you know Jared's not in the power play anymore, which is good because it keeps him fresh for the defensive side of the park, which is Chara is better at. And I understand Chara can shoot the park hard, but you know he's not fast enough to keep up with the players that you're putting on the power play. Keep him on the back end. Securing the puck, you know, taking bodies up out front. I think Chara's been great this year, and I've been pleasantly surprised because, like you said, Joe, you can see you could have you saw the decline the past few years. This year, he looks rejuvenated, and you know what? He actually looks healthy. I'm not gonna sit here and rip Chara for something that I don't think for people saying that he sucks because I think Chara this has been his best suck. year. Chara's played really, really well. I will be the first to admit that. Yeah, I don't. I, I can't. I can't think of one time off the top of my head. Where I said to myself, "Oh, Charles looked really bad this game." Well, I, I think they cut his minutes down a little bit because Kyle's picking. What Kyle's playing over twenty minutes a game, which is insane for a nineteen-year-old. Insane, which which is great to see that we're going to get two young. So I listen to ninety-eight-five and Michael Felger, where a lot of people hate him, but I think he knows his hockey. He said one of the things they have to do this year is have a couple kids really develop and turn the corner. And as of right now, we know Pasternak has done that. And Carlo has definitely done that. So if we can get another one of the other young kids to develop and hopefully make the playoffs too, I you know, I think it'll be a successful season. I don't think they're going to win a cup either. I don't think they're going to they're going to be in a position for at least another three years. But if they can make, you know, because the core, you know, Bergie's in his thirties, and you know, I know he's probably got another five six years. But I'm just saying he's getting older. Crutchy's getting older. Char's gone the next few years. Um, so they got to have these young kids ready to step up, something that Chicago Blackhawks have just done to a science for all these years. Hopefully this is, a, like you know, like Jason, like you said, to be a little more um, optimistic. I guess I'm trying to try to sway to that side a little bit. I guess I'm trying to accept it. Um, but, you know, they, they got some kids in the pipeline, but they, they got to keep nurturing them and give them time, and let's get one or two or more of these kids stepping up. Yeah, I definitely agree there. And uh, Jason also brought up a good point earlier about – just Carlos block against Tampa Bay, sacrificing his body out front with a wide open net when Stan Coast fed Kucherov and uh, Carlos saved the game. As Jason said, they got two points out of that Tampa Bay game um, because of Brandon Carlos saving saving the puck out of the net, and that's what you want to see. And he's developing into one of uh, you know I think he'd be developing into a shutdown defenseman, number one defenseman, maybe number two uh, going forward, which is great because that's what the Bruins need with Chard going to be up in a few years. But it was good to see the Bruins so, actually respond. After- You've got Brandon Carlo developing, who could probably take Charles' place. You're going to have Charlie McAvoy develop when he comes into the NHL. There's a reason to be optimistic when it comes to this defense. Yes, we suck right now on defense, but there's a reason for hope. I mean, yeah, there's a reason for hope. But, I, I mean, the problem is the reason for hope is not this year. And, I mean, you've got to live in right, the present and right now. The Bruins were in a playoff position the past two years, choked it away. They're on the borderline of making the playoffs this year. And, hey, look, I understand that, I mean, it's tough. I mean, I understand that the Bruins' defense is not that good this year, but more than half the teams in the NHL make the playoffs. People don't understand that. 16 <laughs> out of 30 teams 
make the playoffs. You're telling sure. me the Bruins, the Bruins have too much talent up and down their roster, regardless of whether their defense sucks or not, to be considered one of the bottom 14 teams in this league. And the pe- reason that people want them to make the playoffs is because you need to get some of these kids' experience. I know Pashnik's had a little bit of experience in the playoffs, but you're telling me Brandon Carlo won't uh, gain some uh, experience from playing in the high-level playoff situations? Oh, for and, sure. Exactly. And, and it's not even just about, you know, making the playoffs. It's just to compete and be in the playoffs and just have a chance. That's what the Bruins fans want. They, they, Bruins, fans are, Bruins fans are realistic. No one sits here and looks at this team and says they should be a Stanley Cup finalist. But why not get to the playoffs and just make it competitive and see what happens? You just, everyone from sees what, what happens when you make the playoffs. Mike, I, I personally think that the Bruins will make the playoffs from what I'm seeing. I think that this team's going to develop. I think that there's going to be some late-season streaks probably in March or April coming out at the end of the year, and I think that this team will get into the playoffs, and they're going to get the experience that they need. However, hey. I don't see them getting past the first or second round. No, definitely not. Hey, something that I just I saw a tweet in my feed that I got to – you know, interviewed. They're interviewing Claude after the game tonight, and they just, he said we deserve better. No, you don't. You don't deserve. No one deserves to win in the league. You have to earn it. You don't. You know what I mean? Like a lot of the stuff. I don't know if you guys know this. A lot of stuff he says post game when they lose. It's just like a loser's like a loser's lament. Like you should feel bad for us. We should be better. We should. No, no, you're not. <laughs> you're not earning it. I just can't stand when he talks. Sometimes we deserve better. <laughs> no, you didn't. Your team coughed it up at the end. You yeah, know? that's what happens. You coughed it up. Exactly. They had an opportunity to win the game, and they didn't. That's what it comes down to. The other team made, made the play to win the game. That's what that's what that comes down to. Yeah, you, as we talked about that quick goal after they tied it, you don't deserve to win. No, you don't. <laughs> Period. I just – he needs to it's, – it's almost – call me crazy. It's almost like sometimes he wants to get fired. It's just like – some of the stuff, he's, it's just like an apologist – I don't. I want you to get pissed off. I want to say, hey, we broke down defense. We need to get better. This is uh, this is not acceptable. But the one thing I do want to say is, I do commend the Bruins for you know, like Jason said, competing and showing signs of being a, a competitive team this year. Because you know, after after they um, lost to the Rangers, you know, they had a they had a three game stretch where they were on the they were on the road playing against division teams that I thought you know are better than them. They played Detroit. Florida and Tampa, and they got six out of six points against those three teams, which is very difficult to do. So I think the Bruins deserve a ton of credit for that. And they fought to the, you know, they fought to the end. They continued battling, and they they won the six points out of those six those six games. This is what the Bruins need to do to make the playoffs, as as Jason said. And if the Bruins can continue to you know keep up that effort, I think they they will be in it. I don't know if they'll be, make the playoffs because. Like the defense, I think is always just going to come back to being the Achilles' heel of this team, as we keep you know pounding the broken record on that. But the Bruins have some fight in them this year compared to last year, where they would just wallop and quit and pack their bags and go home. Definitely. And if you look at it right now, the Bruins are just outside of the playoff spot in the wild card. So you know what? They they can compete. They can beat the New Jerseys and the Ottawa's out there. They have to get into that streak. So you know, I I think that from what I'm seeing. Through October and into the beginning of November is, it's a sign. This team is a lot younger, and they're going to develop. They're going to develop that chemistry, and there are going to be changes that are going to be made. There's no way Sweeney can stay status quo if this team is close enough. He's obviously going to try to go for it, but he has to make the right moves without damaging the future. I agree there, but um, I just want to talk about this uh, quickly. Um, obviously, uh, big breaking news broke today in the NHL. Who uh, we talked about this earlier in the past few episodes ago about uh, Jacob Truba and how he uh, he signed a two-year contract with Winnipeg, so he'll be in Winnipeg for the next two years unless Winnipeg decides to trade him. But they have him locked up for two years now. He will not uh, be uh, not sit out this season. They just signed him today, and so as Joel, Jason, and I were saying, Bruins fans, it's a pipe dream to think they were getting. Jacob Truba. So, so please, it's not happening. And also, Hampus Lindholm signed in Anaheim. All the defensemen that you Bruins fans were, were dreaming about, it's not going to happen. It's not going to happen this year. I'm sorry. This is what we're, this is what we're going to deal with. And you know, Truba's going to be up in two years. He'll still be young enough where maybe the Bruins could be a player in free agency. But everyone knows how free agency goes. It's whoever's going to pay the top dollar. So I think the Bruins fans can pretty much kiss Jacob Truba coming to the Bruins goodbye. 
Yep, pretty much. So who do we have in the docket before we meet again, just to give our predictions? Um, they play Columbus on Thursday, who absolutely just beat the bag out of Montreal ten to nothing. Oh, that was lovely. It was it was lovely. And it was it was great to see because oh, usually, I loved it. I, I usually yeah, Montoya was net for net for that one, so I know, but usually you don't see Montreal lose that bad. And it was just glorious to watch. Oh. And I, I know the Bruins lost tonight, whatever. To Montreal, but that was absolutely oh, glorious. Yeah. And El Montoya was in there for all ten goals, all ten goals. That is absolutely absurd that they let up ten goals. I heard Carey Price was like hiding in the uh, tunnel that he didn't want to come out. That was a rumor. But uh, <laughs> do you blame him? No, I mean I wouldn't come out for either. He needs to rest too. So they got Columbus. Price was being then... rested. That's why Thurian didn't play. They they've kind of forced Montoya to suffer through it. Yeah, All right, so they got they got Columbus at home on on Thursday. You know the Bruins are still under five hundred at home, as we talked about. The yeah. Bruins can't find their their way at home. They're two and three at home. So Columbus, a winnable team, the Bruins already played them earlier on and beat them six to three without Bergeron and um, without Krejci. Or uh, Krejci might have played, but he was like coming right back. It was an opening night, so it was coming off the injury. Uh, Rask could probably go in this game, I'm assuming, because he sat out tonight. So they have the Blue Jackets Thursday at home. They have the, they need to travel out west out west to play Phoenix on Saturday and they play the Avalanche on Sunday. These are three very very winnable games I think for the Bruins because if you look at that all three of those teams were towards the bottom of the league last year. The Bruins seem to play a lot better at on the road than they do at home, and two of those three games are on the road. Uh, the Saturday and Sunday's a back to back, but I mean it's not that much travel between Arizona and Colorado. Mm-hmm. So this 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 could be. A very good week for the Bruins, and and like, I hope so too. Because you look at this this three game stretch, and these are the points that you need to get to to make a playoff push, as Jason was just alluding to. Oh, absolutely. Well, we're gonna hope and pray as we do for so this. So, what country. are we saying? What are our predictions? Who wants to go first? So we, I'm sorry, Columbus, Colorado, and Arizona. Correct. All right, uh, I'll go first. I'm thinking two and one. Two and one. That's not yeah. a bad. I, you know what? I'm gonna, Jason. I don't, I don't know where you're leading here, but you know what? I'm gonna say the Bruins get all six points here. Boom. I, I know. I'm gonna. I'm gonna go out on the limb here and say, uh, the Bruins get all six points. I think the Bruins are a better team than Columbus. I just don't trust Tortorella as a coach. I don't think. I think the Bruins have the ma- the matchup advantage in that game. They already played Columbus and beat them once. I think they can do it again. Uh, Coyotes have a very very promising up and coming young team. I just don't think they're fully there yet. You know, they have Max Domi, uh, Duclair, they, uh, defenseman Chicharin. They have a lot of young players and young talent there, but uh, the, they have Mike Smith that's out. They've been playing a backup goalie. I, I just think Phoenix is a good spot for them. The one team that does worry me is, is the Avalanche because they have a lot of speed with uh, Landis Gog, McKinnon, and Duchesne. But, I mean, I don't look at the Avalanche as one of the best teams in the Western Conference. So right. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to say the Bruins find a way to get it done and get six points. Nice. If I might ask before I make my decision, who's in net for the Colorado Avalanche? If I if, if I had a guess, I would I would say uh, I'm going to say McIntyre plays the Coyotes game. That's my guess. I obviously don't know anything because I'm not in the locker room talking to Claude. But not very I, mean, I, Mac- I was just asking, you know, who is the goaltender for the Avalanche? Oh, the Avalanche Balamov. Okay, so in that case, I'm going to agree, agree with you. I'm going all six points three you now. Well, we all picked the Bruins that have winning records. Watch them go 0 3. <laughs> well, we'll see. It, it, took, it took a rascal to be blamed, so it doesn't matter. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. If the Bruins lose 1 0, it'll be Rask's fault, right, Joe? Oh, no. I know. I know. I wouldn't blame so, Rask if the uh, Bruins lose 1 0. I'll let him go on that I, one. I, no, Jason, I know you wouldn't. It's just that some people just have no quitting, and no matter what, if Rask. Uh, I, I, if the Bruins lose and Rask's in there, it's automatically Rask's fault, no matter what. So I did a tweet. I said Tuka Rask is blamed uh, for anything that happened to the Bruins, World War One, uh, global warming, and the 2016 uh, presidential election. So it's you blame everything on Tuka Rask. But you might uh, as well, right? It's all his fault. Oh, uh, hey, the war's going to end in about an hour, as we know it. So it's okay. Dude, dude, I, I'm, I'm, I'm a big political I'm, person. I'm watching I'm, I'm the results while I'm doing the show. Don't worry. We're all moving. We're going to move to Canada, guys. Let's go. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Hopefully, they all take us. Oh, God, it's going to be... I can't lie, we already know who I voted for. It's all over Facebook, so I got nothing to hide. Well, we're going to be on The Apprentice, all of us, all the Americans. Um, 
<laughs> anyway, Joe, uh, you're fired. Yeah, I'm fired. You're fired. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> So his, every every State of the Union address is going to be a sideshow. Um, yeah, absolutely. Oh but I think, anyway, I think that's enough. I think that's enough. Cash to be everyone yeah, every address. You're fired. So next so next Tuesday night there's no game, so we can go on a little earlier. So absolutely, and that'll be that'll be. I think this will be good. Uh, going a little earlier, you know, we want to discuss. Obviously, uh, won't be all emotional after a tough loss. As you know, the past two Tuesdays the Bruins have had games. They lost them, and I'm not. I don't think. I don't think that's pretty good for for. I mean, it's pretty good for us because we have a lot of talking points. But obviously, with no game Tuesday, we'll be able to discuss the the games that come up from the weekend. And uh, also, I know if, uh, for all the die-on hockey fans, uh, Crosby and uh, McDavid played against each other for the first time tonight. I think Pittsburgh got the win, but McDavid put on a put on a show with three points. So the NHL is looking really good with all these up-and-coming young players, and I think the NHL is in good hands. So if you have an opportunity to watch uh, other NHL games besides the Bruins, I, I would advise you to do so. Definitely. But uh, that will cover our, our show for this week. Um, you can follow uh, myself on Twitter at MikeSetta22. Uh, you can follow Jason on Twitter at JasonBuckley91. And you can follow Joe on Twitter at BigBadBruins88. You can also follow our own personal uh, Twitter account at Bruins underscore Beat. I had a nice uh, friendly debate with uh, a fan today. So if you do tweet out, tweet out the account, I promise you I will answer. We had a nice little debate about Malcolm Subban in his future. So it was, a, it was a friendly banter, a nice back and forth. But if you if you do tweet at me, I promise you I will answer. And Joe's very active on Twitter also. So if you if you tweet at him, he'll definitely get a respond to you also. So uh, and also you, Jason, me, you can find I'm us. I'm not as active as the two of them, but I will find a way to respond when I get the time. I know I work a lot like everybody else, but I will make sure I try to get a chance to respond. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, but Jason, you can also find us on iTunes, right? Yes, I'm going to go and do all of that for you guys. Before I say that, I just want to let you guys know that are listening. We are sponsored by Blue Apron. We'll be getting our ads and stuff for that next week, hopefully. Um, Food is great. Mike, Joe, and I all got our meals. We've all at least cooked uh, one of them, which came out outstanding, and this is such a great idea. So we're very excited to have Blue Apron with us and sponsoring us. Yes, absolutely. Us. Awesome. If, you, you, have, know, if you, you ever have the conclude. opportunity – sorry, Jason, hold on. If you ever have the opportunity – listeners out there, and you have the opportunity to get Blue Apron and, and try it out, I highly recommend it. As we all talked about, we all at least cooked one meal, and it was fabulous. Oh, yeah, and plus you get three referrals for friends, too, which is nice. You get to free meals. Absolutely. So if you have an opportunity, uh, blueapron.com, they do a great job there. They send you everything fresh. Oh, it was great. But Sorry, Jason, to cut you off there. I just wanted to give a little pop for Blue Apron. Good call, guys. And as we conclude the show, you can find us on iTunes. Give us a rate. We will definitely be taking a look at them weekly. I know I almost I forgot to do it this week, but I'm going to get to it for next week. Give us a rating. Um, you know, you can find us on CLNS Stitcher. You can find us on SoundCloud. And you can find us on our app. So there's a million ways you can find us. Just go ahead and give us a look. And if you like our show, send it to your friends. Send it all over Facebook. And we're going to give you shows weekly right now. We're having fun with this. And... It's going to be a good week this week for the Bruins. I have a gut feeling. Absolutely. Let's do it. Hopefully, hopefully it is a good week for the Bruins. If not, yeah, we'll have a lot to be talking about next Tuesday. But uh, I'm all sure right, gentlemen, will. gentlemen, that will do it for our show. Uh, go Bruins. Good night. See you later, guys. Good night and go Bruins.